Hello and welcome back to the Dungeons and Dragons Podcast UK. My name is Yasmin and I will be the DM. Hi, my name's Samantha. I play Laura Greyvale, a sorcerer from Nefalia. Hello, I'm Colin Robinson and I play Cuin de Greymont, a paladin from Gavany. Hi, I'm Ryan and I play Ogvar, a ranger from Kessig. as events began to unfold. Ogvar had just experienced an inextricably odd occurrence. His vision of serenity soon turned sour and left him perilously hanging at height with the deceased deer in the hunt for a small silver key. This confusing twist of reality had left him baffled beyond belief. And now we turn our attention back to Elora and her growing sense of unease. Episode 15, Illusions and Inheritance. Okay, so Elora. Goody goody, let's go. Okay, so as this bright light fills the room, you cannot see Ogvar or Kewin. You can't hear them, and this, this kind of ringing noise fills your ears like white noise, and that's all you can hear. When you open your eyes and you kind of blink the black spots out of your eyes, first thing you can hear and see and experience is you are on the deck of a ship. It's mid storm, the waves are crashing, you can taste the tang of salt in the air. You can hear the wood of the ship creaking, the mast, the, the, the sails and the mast flapping, the wind whipping through the rigging. Faceless crew members, not literally faceless, but you can't put a, like, features on their face. They, ru- they rush around the deck and they're securing lines and cargo and from behind you can hear the sound of a captain bellowing orders over the wind and the tumult of the storm. What, would you like to do anything at this point? Um, well, obviously, this sort of thing is going to be... The scene is going to be kind of familiar to me, to a degree. Um, I mean, I usually go up and down the rivers rather than on the open sea. That doesn't happen very often. Um, I've, can, can, can I get my bearings at all? Are there, is there anything that I can get my bearings on? What, like looking around you? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously there's no sun if it's if there's wind whipping and everything, but I cannot, can I see land anywhere? No land whatsoever. You don't need to do this All around you, from where you look from left to right, there is nothing but storm on the horizon. You can see the sea whipping up and over the deck of the ship, but all you can see is the ship, a small amount of sea, and storm. That's all you can see. Right, can I tell what kind of ship I'm on? Yep. Roll me a knowledge... Do you have knowledge nautical? Uh, no, I've only got cartography, which is specific to... Uh... Okay, as, as your ship, you can put knowledge nautical on there. Okay. Because you're used to ships, you would know a bit about ships. Okay, so roll me knowledge nautical. Absolutely not. That's, that's a whole... Four. No, it's not actually, it's a three. 
the ships you're used to being on are cargo ships. This ship is a lot, lot bigger. It's, you could say it's roughly 105 foot long. It is big. Cargo ships you're used to being on, you're kind of like small, kind of galleon style, you know, heavy ships, wide ships, short squat ships. Mm. That's the ship you're used to being on. This is a long ship and it is heavily armoured. Looks like a warship. Okay. But you're not used to this style of ship at all. Okay. And you suddenly hear a voice. The voice seems to echo throughout the surroundings. It sounds like the rolling of the storm, the crashing of the waves, and it sounds like the wind whipping over the sea. It sounds like all of these things at once. And the voice says, and it's this masculine voice you can imagine, it's, it sounds masculine, you're not sure. It says, You must find the key. I must find the key. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm going to answer the voice. Uh, what key? Key? What, what, what key? Got no response whatsoever. It's as if this voice never existed. Um, okay, I'm, 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 at this point I'm just very confused. What would you like to do? Is, is there, can I get out of the storm? Is there, a, can I go below decks? You go to go below decks, but it seems like the doorknobs, the handles, they disappear. You are stuck on the deck of this ship. Oh. Um. I can right, make my way to the bow of the ship. As you start to make your way towards the bow of the ship, you hear the shout of Kraken! Oh no. From one of the crew members as two massive tentacles slam down onto the sides of the ship. Um. Do you have to make a spot check? Yeah, that'd probably be a good idea at this point. Yep. Um, yeah, spot check. Uh, spot. That's a nat 20 with a 2 on top. Nat, nat 20. Nat 20. Mm. <laughs> with a nat 20, as these tentacles slam down the ship, the whole ship, it keels in the water, it sways from side to side, and this rocking of the ship with the storm going on, it just worsens. These two tentacles slam down and crew members are screaming, they've gone falling over. And as all this happens, you notice a very small tentacle appears. It's from the Kraken. Wrapped in its coils is a key hanging from a silver chain. It hangs near the main mast, near the rigging. At the top of the rigging? No, no, just near the rigging. Right, I'm... I'm About halfway up. I'm going to make a beeline for this. And I'm taking out my crossbow, windy conditions, I'm going to get a negative for that. Right, I'm going to run over. How far away from it is, uh, can I, am I within 30 feet of it? Uh, the mast is in the middle of the ship, so I'd say it's probably closer to 60 foot away. Mm. Okay, right, in that case, light crossbow out. Right, okay. Um, I'm going to attempt to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to attempt to. <laughs> shoot the tentacle. Right, okay. This is the tentacle with the key, as we are. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. So, you take a minus eight due to distance and, well, she's probably more tentative. Crossbow's got a range of 80, 80 foot. Is it 80 foot? Mm. 
So you take a minus eight due to the conditions. <laughs> this is when you won on that twenty. Um, <laughs> it's not going to happen, is it? Uh, dagger, right? Okay. Uh, no, it's a crossbow. Um, so it's my bab plus dex plus four. So my dex is three. Bab is one. That's four plus. That's plus four in total. It's just oh, plus sorry. Four. Right. Okay. Uh, that's a twenty-two. With the minus eight on it. Oh. No. No. Fourteen. Fourteen. Doesn't hit. No. Had it been in normal not. conditions, you can guess that it would have hit. However, with the conditions you're in, not a chance. It your, your bolt just get gets blown off course. Mark a bolt off. Down to seven. Okay. What are you doing? Well, you're not. You're not in combat. What? You're not in combat, you can do whatever you want, it's free actions. Yeah, yeah, uh, right, well, okay, I'm just going to start running over to the, you know, I, well, I'll, I'll run over to it, I'll run over to the tentacle then. Okay, well, the tentacle is like 30 foot up in the air, so it's going to be... Oh, it is up in the air, sorry, I, I thought it was no, on the I deck. No, I said it was 30 foot up in the air, you've got tentacles from the Kraken on foot, but there's one tentacle, a very long, thin one, which is holding this key. Right, then it's going to be a climb up the, up, the, up the mast, isn't okay. it, up the rigging? First of all, make me a dexterity check to get across to the... Get across to the rigging first of all. That's a nine. Okay. You stumble and you fall over. Yep, that be better. Okay, you take. Treat it as if you've got four hit points. Yeah, I have, have it. Okay, you take four points of damage from the fall. Right. Right, pick myself back up again. I'm going to have to have another go. And as you stand back up, the, te the cracker's tentacles, uh, tentacle comes back down on top of the ship again. You can keep on going by the way. Right, and the tentacle, the, the tentacle I'm after is still up in the air. Yes, it's it's not right, moving; I'm, it's staying up there. I'm gonna climb up again. Okay, so you're kind of you're running back over towards the rigging. Well, if I, I, I yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. Okay, make me another dexterity check. This tentacle has just come down; it's rocking the ship. Right, that's a six. Okay, right. you um you stumble again. This time you catch onto the railing before you go fully over. Right. Okay. All around you, crew is screaming, they're running towards these tentacles and they're stabbing these tentacles with spears, harpoons, blades, everything they can get hold of. They're screaming, the ship is rocking from side to side. What are you doing? It's all free actions. Um... <laughs> Prep light of Lunia. Okay. And then I'm just going to carry on and run over to the. I'm just trying to You're climb. moving while casting, correct? Well, I'll cast, then move. Okay, so you, you've run over to the ring, what are you doing? Oh, well, I've got to go up, so I'm going to climb. Okay, Bobby, well, climb it. No, that's not one. <laughs> Plus three. <laughs> How? This is like the simplest task. You've just got to make some rolls. Oh my god. <laughs> so four today. <laughs> It's my fourth today. Woo -woo. Yeah. Uh. Okay, as you run over to the rigging, you go to put your foot on, and as you put your foot your foot onto the rigging, your other foot, which you've kind of lent all your weight on, do this. You've stepped in some tentacle slime, and you slip over backwards. As you slip over backwards, the light of Lunia discharges up and towards the sky. Right. Okay. Okay. And you're flat on your back. You take another four points of that stupid and uh, you take another another four points for that stupid nat one right okay what would you have to do now i really have no clue you've got to get the key this is the whole goal of this don't you shout up at it drop the key <laughs> <laughs> and the animal 
as you're there lying on your back, another tentacle slams down to the ship. I'm actually astounded that you actually just kind of sat there like a ding dong. <laughs> ding dong. <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> it wasn't easy. Not so bad, you, you get to watch everybody else first, got it? Okay, so as this tentacle slams back down, it takes a massive chunk out of the side of the ship on the, uh, whichever side is the left-hand side in the ship's beak, I don't know which one it is. Um, it takes a massive chunk of the railing out of the ship. You want to get it? You want to go get the key? Well, I suppose so, I'll have to climb again. Okay, start <laughs> climbing the rigging. Roll me a climb ship. Climbing the bloody rigging. <laughs> right, that's a 22. You scramble. And you make it about 25 foot up the rigging. <laughs> God, I'm mad. What the... At this point, the Kraken's tentacle comes back down across the middle of the ship. And as it hits the middle of the ship, you can feel the mass to which the rigging is attached to it. You can feel it judder and the ship sways dangerously and you're left leaning over open water before the ship rights itself back again. The You can see the key five foot ahead of you. And slightly towards the mast. What would you like to do? Well, I'm going to try and climb a bit further and grab it. Mommy, a climb check. Oh. That's a five. You managed to hang on in the same place. <laughs> oh, God. Roll another climb check. Yep, roll another climb check. That's a 20 all in. Okay, yeah, with that climb check, you managed to climb the further five foot at the rigging and you managed to get yourself round onto the inside where this key hangs in between the rigging and the mast. Oh, I'm going to grab it. Okay, it's... Yeah, okay, make me a dexterity check. That's a three. You go to grab this... No, it's not a three, it's a five, sorry. Okay, no, that doesn't really make No, it doesn't really, no. You go to grab this key, and as you lean out to grab this key, the ship once again sways with the weight of this kraken, and you just have to get back and grab onto the rigging again. Do you have to try and grab it again? Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to have to. Roll dexterity check. <sighs> That's a 13, all in. Okay, with that, you manage to grab hold of the key. And you're stood there, you've got both feet in the rigging, one hand on the rigging, and as you lean in to grab the key, you grab hold of the key. And as you're there, grabbing the key, two feet in the rigging, one hand in the rigging, one hand out reaching the key, you grab hold of the key, and the crack in the centre core comes across, and it swipes into the middle of the mast. And as it swipes into the middle of the mast, the mast collapses and the rigging which the mast is attached to collapses with it and you fall. And you fall into the water. As you hit the water, the scene around you dissolves. Okay. That damage you took down off you, that was eight points of damage, was it? Uh, yep. Did you take it off your main number? Um. Did you take it off your running total? Well, I made a note of it. I didn't take it off my total. Okay, perfect. Leave it like that. Okay, and on to Cumin. As this bright light fills the room and blinds you, you can no longer see Laura or Ogva. Mm -hmm. All you can hear is this high-pitched ringing white noise in your ears. And as the noise clears and you blink away the black spots in your vision, you are greeted with the roar of an excited, bloodthirsty crowd. Mm -hmm. As you look around, you can see that you are in an arena. You can feel the heat off the sand as the sun beats down and you can feel the heat rising under your feet. You're obviously in your full armour, and the crowd around you is jeering, they're booing, they're excitedly screaming. And as you look around, you see your opponent. You've stood in the middle of this arena, you see your opponent, and it is a knight 
slash paladin clad entirely in black visor down. And as you're stood there looking around this scene, and it is, it's a riot of colour, I mean you've got the colours of the stand people and stands and the only kind of lack of colour almost or bare bones colour is the black knight, black paladin in front of you and the silver of your own armour. And as you're stood there surveying the scene, obviously you've just been dumped into this scene and you thought you were with Ogvar and Alora a minute ago and now you're in an arena. And this feels real, you could smell like horses, you can assume there's been jousting maybe, this looks like a traditional tournament, you can smell the scent of horses and blood in the sand. A child's voice whispers almost into your ear, Fight for honour, paladin. Roll initiative. Is that was adding your initiative score then? Yeah. So, you face off against the black palad against the black paladin, the paladin clad in black. That's how okay. <laughs> <laughs> Slight racial adjustment there. <laughs> you face off against the paladin clad in black. You're only about thirty foot away from each other, and it is the paladin in black that lunges first, drawing a long sword, and attempts to hit you. With an 18. Ooh! Yes. Okay. So the paladin hits you and he does. So I start off at me. You start off as if you've got full hit points. Okay. The paladin does. 8 points of damage to you. Okay. And you're up next. Whoa! Right! Ah! So I'm going to take my. Uh, I'm going to use my... What have I got? Have I got my... Your weapons is exactly the same on your sheet. Everything's okay. exactly the same on your sheet. Apart from I'm going to use my metalworked uh, Morningstar. Sixteen plus five is twenty-one. You hit. Roll your damage. That's an eight. Plus two. So you do 10 points of damage. So this first bout of combat, this paladin clad in black storms up to you and draws the longsword in one motion and slices down from your left shoulder down to your right hip. And he creates a rend in your armour, dealing some severe damage to you as he does. You in turn, you take a couple of steps backwards and you bring out this, you draw your morning star and you just swing it upwards and you catch him under the chin where his, where his helmet comes down and his head whips back and he stumbles backwards a couple of steps before righting himself and steadying himself at which point he launches another salvo attacks with an 18 to hit you again which hits and he draws a sword and he does 4 points of damage to you as he take, resets himself, takes another step forwards and then swings his sword upwards jerking your morning star up into the air and jarring your shoulder right what hit yeah in between two. Okay, roll again. It's on the edge. So that's a 13 plus 5 is 18. You hit. Roll your damage. That's a 4. Okay, 4 points of damage. Nice. So as he's clunked your arm up with your morning star, you are... you regain your balance, you regain your step, and where your arms are coming there, you use that position your arms in now to bring it back down and clatter him across the shoulder and you hear a very definitive pop 
as his shield arm pops out of its socket. Okay. And he kind of groans in agony and pain, and you hear the crowd, they just start screaming for blood. They want blood to be spilt on the sand. He takes a couple of steps back as he stumbles with his shoulder, bracing his hand against his shoulder with his sword still in his hand. And he roars. And he straightens himself back up and he rolls to hit with a 13 plus 4, so with a 17 to hit. Yes. And he hits and he roars and he brings his sword back down across your body, dealing three points of damage. Right. Okay, go. Now, am I... uh... If I use lay on hands, is that my go go? On myself? Mid battle, I don't think we could, could you? I am not sure, just give me a second. It's me again, I'm done. Right, lay on hands is a standard action. So, standard action is your movement or your attack. So, you are locked in combat, so you can very well use lay on hands if you wanted to, I think. But can I still attack? Because I'm not moving. I thought we could have healed during the battle. Nobody ever does, there's a reason why they don't. Okay, well, if I can't use it, then I won't bother. <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm going to say no for this time because of the situation it's in, but I'll have to look into it. There's not an awful lot I can do. Uh, I've got to attack. Okay, roll to hit. 15 plus 5 is 20. You hit, roll your damage. That's a 7 plus 2 is 9. Paladin always bringing it. Right. As he stumbled back and he's uh, he's braced his arm against his shoulder because he's popped his, his shoulder's been popped out by your blow and he's brought his sword back down. He's brought his sword back down, but with his shoulder being popped out, it's disrupted his balance. So he's brought his sword back down and he's slashed across your chest once again. But he's left himself completely open and tilting forwards, and you take complete advantage of that opening. And you bring your morning star up and you bring it straight up under his chin and his head snaps back with a sickening crunch as he collapses onto the floor. The crowd goes wild. They're stamping, they're shouting, they're screaming. And as you're stood there over your defeated enemy, you take a couple of steps forward and you look, at it, you look down on his prone body. In his outstretched left hand where his sword once was lies a key, a silver key. I'm going to take the key. Yeah. And as you bend down to take the key, you see his visor is popped up open. And you look down into your own face. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, 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 um, yes, that's a bit weird. Um, well, you shouldn't attack people. It's not very nice. <laughs> and as you say those words, the crowd, it, it becomes this kind of psychedelic cacophony of noise and the whole world seems to melt and drift away. That okay. is that. When you all open your eyes, okay. you are back in the same room you were before. You each take six points of damage, and this is on your sheet. Ooh. Ooh. What's that, like psychic damage or something? Yep, you take six points of psychic damage, as this damage is done, obviously, onto your, on a mental scale. At which point, Kieran and Elora, you both take an extra two points of damage as the shock of the injuries you received while you're in this world catches up to you. So 
as you all kind of reappear and come back to senses, you're stood in the exact same positions you were in this room. Laura, you've just come off the stairs. Kieran, you're in towards the corner, and and Ogvar, you're kind of in the middle of the room, making weird handshake. I'm assuming my prepped spell is well gone by this point. Oh yes, and when you reappear, Laura, you are dripping wet and smelling of salt. And the, you know it's it's odd because this is all in your head, but this is like it's actually happened. You're not sure at this point whether it's real or not. Ogvar, you can smell the scent of the grass and the meadows, and you can smell you can feel the sponge of the loam beneath your feet. I smell like a magic tree, then. Basically, yeah, <laughs> pine fresh. <laughs> and Kieran, you can still hear the roar. You're not sure whether it's the roar of the crowd or the roar of blood in your ears, but you can still feel the heat rising from the sand and the smell of blood. I'm opening my very soggy cloak and examining what I assume to be quite a soggy bat. It's a very soggy bat. It's a very soggy sulking bat. Still sulking. Still sulking. I'm going to go, and close my cloak again. Wow, rude. (laughs) Okay. So we all sort of turn to look at each other, I assume, at this point? Yep. And as you're kind of looking at each other in this room, the voices that you heard inside this kind of other realm, you hear each one of you, you don't hear, you hear them all blended together. Welcome to our legacy. So you hear this kind of sea kind of welcome to our legacy. You hear this almost uh, kind of like sound of forest voice. And you hear this child's whisper cueing. And they're all kind of blended together. You hear all of these three voices blended together at once. Welcome to our legacy. And as that happens, the stone wall opposite you, not the one where the glimmer was, but one of the large stone walls, begins to shimmer and it begins to melt away, revealing an absolutely massive pile of loot. What just happened? Uh, I don't know, but uh, I ended up fighting myself in an arena, but I was dressed in black. So you were in an arena? I seem to be in an arena fighting a paladin dressed in black armour. And it appeared that I was actually the black-clad paladin. Oh, that's a bit strange. Oh, it's very strange. Boy, did he get some good shots on me. I'll tell you that now. I'm still feeling them now. But I had a key. What sort of key? It's a little silver key. Show me. You don't yeah. have these keys anymore. Oh, you don't have them? Okay. Oh, you had a key. Right, okay. It, it seems to have disappeared. Yeah, well, I ended up up a rigging and there was a... On a ship and and, and there was a kraken and... Oh, I don't know, I fell down a lot and there was a key. Oh, you, you had a key as well? A little silver key. Have you still got it? No. Oh. Thought I did, but it's not there now. Over? Yes. Very, very peculiar. I, I seem to find myself in a, in a, in a meadow. Beautiful and lush and green and nothing, nothing like I've ever seen before. Well, you get the nice day out. Good for you. It all turned very, very peculiar and all barren and uh, trees, towering trees and. It was a deer. It was the key as so, well, also. 
So let me get this right. You got a deer in a forest. You got a kraken. Yeah, that was a bum rap. And I got to fight myself in an arena. This is very weird. Yeah, but what's even weirder is we haven't mentioned that over there. Oh dear. Ooh. Get a load of that. I think we should have a look, don't you? <laughs> is it real? Ah, yes. Uh, I'm going to walk over. Yep, you walk over. Because my day really can't get any stranger. And I'm going to detect evil. No evil should be found here. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I'll have a walk across as well. Yep. You walk across to where this wall once was and it shimmered and disappeared. And it's very much real. Ooh. What is it? Coin? Is it? What is it? We'll have a see. Yeah, let's search Ooh. through it then. Many a dice roll later, by both the players and myself, the loot hall has finally been determined. Following some appraisal checks with various levels of success, the party has acquired three moon silver shards wrapped in an oilskin, a filcher's friend ring, two burrowing pitons, a set of finger blades, a scroll of identify, one mighty whip dagger, a masterworked heavy wooden shield, a potion of electric eel elixir, a green tapered candle, a potion of watery breath, a pouch containing 30 marbles, a box containing three alchemist fire flasks, a box containing seven spark stones, a vial of clear breath, one rubicund of frenzy lesser, and a potion of endure elements. Items they recognised but did not know the properties of, a box with a slide-out lid containing seven glass bullets filled with a clear liquid, which they guessed may be holy water. A potion bottle containing wispy grey swirling liquid. And the only thing they've been able to determine is that it is linked to uh, the incorporeal. And a leather case containing four green gemstone cow chops. Items they were unable to appraise successfully a quoll's feather token and a single scroll. They've all also levelled up to level three. So, starting with Elora, tell us what's changed on your character sheet. Right. Elora is now a level three sorcerer. The uplift in level has afforded her um, 18 hit points now. She's also taken the toughness feat that has given her an extra three, so her total hit points now are 21. Rowan Batkinson now has nine hit points, and Alora knows one extra spell. Kirin has now gone up to a level three paladin. He has an extra nine hit points to make his hit points total 28. He has also taken weapon focus for heavy flail as his specialised feat. Ogvar is now a level three ranger. He has gained four hit points, which takes him up to a total of 20. As level 3 he has gained the Endurance feat and as an optional one he has taken the Weapons Focus in Bow. Okay, so you find all of this loot in this room. It's their legacy, scared of giving it to you. But also you all feel ever so slightly different. You're not sure how, you can't put your finger on it. 
but there is just something that you feel which is ever so slightly different about yourselves. Right. Everyone can make me a wisdom check. Just a straight wisdom throw. So using, yeah. Nine all in for Ogvar. Nineteen. Well, Laura got a five. Minus one because she's not that wise. Clearly. Um, okay. So. Rude. Okay, so with a wisdom check of five and nine from Elora and Ogvar, you don't really notice, you're just too focused on getting your hands on the goodies. However, Kewin, with a nineteen, you while you've been pulling while you've been pulling items out, you've noticed that although from what the voices inferred they've been here for quite a while, nothing is dirty. There is not a hint or speck of dust. There are Bits and bobs which look old, like the wooden case for the potions, they look old, but they're not dirty, they're not dust-covered, there's no film of dust or anything. They look brand new. It's like they've been frozen in time, almost. Oh, it's, it's, it's quite weird, but... Uh, I know those voices said that they'd been here for some time, but uh, I can't see any dust. It looks like if somebody's been cleaning them or, or something, or if they've been trapped in some other world. Uh, they're, they're, I mean, if these are supposed to be old, and those cases look very old, uh, they don't seem to be dirty. I agree, everything is actually pretty clean. But then this whole thing is weird. I mean, the whole thing with the boat that I was on is weird. Oh, yes. crap. Something else I can't explain. There's been a bit of that lately. Yeah, I ended up fighting myself. And I go, eh? Very well. <laughs> Shame you didn't have that whip dagger. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, mind you, I had my flail. <laughs> well, I don't know. So, it's... it's most peculiar. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay, so... After levelling up, we have divvied up the loot. So, we'll start off with you, Ogvar. What have you taken... Uh, Ogvar has taken the Rubicon Frenzy, which he is going to equip. Um, he's taken the Priest Bullets, which are the, the glass beads full of liquid. Uh, three of the Spark Stones, we've, uh, him and Alora have split them between them. A Moon Silver Shard, just one of them. The Electric Eel Elixir and the 30 Marbles. Okay, so Alora... Um, Allura has, as they split the party loot, Allura has taken one moon, moon silver shard, one pair of the pair, well, the pair of pitons, burrowing pitons, three, the three flasks of alchemist fire, the focusing candle, and four of the spark stones in a box. Also, she's um, equipping, she's wearing the filcher's friend ring. Okay. That's it. Yeah, and Kewin. Okay, uh, from from that, Kewin is taking one of the uh, moon silver shards and the masterwork heavy wooden shield. Okay, and what's gone into the party loot then? So there's a couple of things gone into party yes. loot. In the party loot has gone the flask of ghost oil, um, the finger blades, the masterwork whip dagger. Uh, the one vial of clear breath, the scroll of Keltrops, the potion endure elements, the quals 
Feather Token Anchor, the Scroll of Identify. I've all gone into the party loot. Uh, I have uh, equipped the uh, Heavy Shield and have placed my Light Metal Shield and also my Longsword into the party loot party loot as well okay otherwise i'll be carrying way too much <laughs> well, i mean you're still carrying it anyway well so yeah totally. but i mean like it's not <laughs> yeah no no well that concludes that um wow this that, that was some seriously interesting stuff in there yeah um... where's it come from what's it doing here and what of the uh the strange experience we we all well not all of us but we all encountered, but just very, very different. What do we know about this? Is that it's a? We don't know that it's a legacy. Do we actually know what what just occurred exactly, or why this is here? Would we have been able to tell anything? No. All you heard was um, what was the phrase? Yeah, something like that. That's all you hear. Welcome to our legacy. Yeah, was what it said. Yeah, who's our who are the our well you would assume there'll be more than one correct yeah who are maybe, they? Uh, maybe esther may know more yeah maybe yeah, yeah perhaps wherever she went to but esther's been up and down here and nothing we need to speak to esther i think i agree i agree completely do yes. we share this knowledge with esther bearing in mind it's all been found at the base of her church that she's caring for ah there's the question. Or do we keep this to ourselves? Yeah. I mean... Well, honesty is the best policy, but uh, I see what you mean. Well, that's, that's kind of awkward. Hmm. Well, maybe we just ask her some questions. Oh, I don't know. She's but been look, really good to us. I, I, yeah. She it, doesn't it, seem to have a side to her, so... No, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, she's she's been pretty fair with us. Okay, you know, we, we, did, we did end up being led into... Uh, 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 to fight that big nasty thing, but well, uh, just... I, I do seem to remember that um, she did disappear just before that. Yeah, well, yeah, I did. We did I try couldn't... and find her, and she we... had. I think maybe we just ask some questions, but don't tell say too much well, at this point. Well, we can feel it out and ask her a few things and see see from there. I mean, if she we'll see if she's ever had an experience down here, or yeah. see if she knows anything. Perhaps it's is there any history. Perhaps there's some history in the church. Well, Maybe know, we just need to ask about the history of the church. Oh yeah, I mean, not only that, but I mean, we took we did take a bit of a beating. I mean, I know we got quite you know a few very nice things, but I mean, I also saw that thing out to sea just before all this happened. On the way here, I'm just wondering if there's some there's some form of uh, connection, shall we say? I mean, it's not the first time we've had weird things. I mean, remember that hollow? Oh, with, with the carriage. Yeah, yeah been, this has been well a very weird. strange couple of days, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think we should just uh, maybe have a, a a chat to her, see see what she says. And then, uh, you know, go I from think, there. I think we keep this under our hat for now. Okay, no problem. But I think she might notice a hole in the wall. Well, well, yes, you know. But she might also notice that great big thing there. You could always blame it. <laughs> well, say so that that came out the hole. That's a good idea. 
Well, you never know. I like that one. What do you think, Oakville? It seems completely reasonable. I, right. I okay. think we should. I mean, it's not normal, is it? Uh, no. 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 Right, okay then. Well. Upstairs. Yeah, I think. Certainly, Laura's going to make her way upstairs. I'm assuming these two are going yes, to follow her. Yes. Go back upstairs into the top crypt. Right, okay. Everyone make me a spot and a listen check as you're going up the spiral staircase. Uh, is it spiral? No, it's just a staircase. Which one for a spot or listen? Whichever you want, to be honest. I'll go with a spot first then. Uh, my listen would be 24. Spot five. Oh, you've gone for listen first, haven't you? Right, I'll go for listen then. Right, spot 18, listen 8. Listen 16, spot 5. Do you need me to do a spot as well? Five, yes, please. And it was 24 you had on yes, your please. listen. And my spot will be 20. Okay. So, as you start heading up towards the stairs from this bottom layer, Laura and Ogvar, you both hear a faint kind of almost it's, it's an odd sound it's like a bubbling grinding sound it's very odd and you all turn around and as you look at the wall where the loop was the wall is rebuilding itself it is literally from the ground upwards kind of bubbling and popping and grinding and it's just rebuilding itself from the ground which upwards to, which who spots that all sorry? of you oh we all spot it right yep. okay Okay, I'm going to turn to look and go, what the actual, what the, I'm not, I'm not imagining this. No, 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 I can see it as well. Yes, it, it, uh, I've, I've never seen that before. At least we don't have to explain a great big hole. <laughs> it, it, no, it, it's repairing itself. That's true. I'm, I'm literally just going to stand and watch this happen. Yeah. I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to watch it and slightly agog. Yeah, so you just stand there for a minute and the wall patches itself, but you'd never know there was anything wrong with it. Well, that, that's new. It makes you wonder if it hasn't done it before. Well, I, I just have no answer for that. I'm just a bit speechless. No, that's some, just a bit some, speechless. some craftsmanship. <laughs> and as you're stood there in front of you, the entire room seems to swim slightly. This glow which has been emitting from the walls it changes and there's no longer glow emitting from the walls. And as the glow fades and it goes black because there's no there's no longer any light, you then start seeing flickering light come up and as you kind of blink to adjust in this change of darkness and light, the room has transformed from where it was a just flat stone walls which glowed. It's now turned into, uh, there are guttering torches on the walls and down at the bottom there is a shrine and this is a shrine for Avacyn and there are a couple of coffins around the edges of the room I'm going to cast light right okay it's already lit but alright oh well oh, oh torches. Got guttering torches though it was, oh okay so it's it's bright enough to see quite well yeah there were torches oh, okay. lighting it they're just yeah. guttering so we're in the currently we are in the room. You're halfway up the staircase, basically. Yeah. Right. Oh, so we're on our way back up to. Yeah. Where so we as you've gone to leave, saint. yeah, as you've gone to leave, you've come out, you've come halfway up the stairs, and you've heard this sound. You've looked, and the wall's just repairing itself. Mm-hmm. And then, as the wall's repaired, this kind of shimmer, this almost like a mirage, just has come over the room, and the glow which is coming from these walls, it's completely faded. The room's gone dark, and then it's come light again, but it's come light with 
torches on the walls mm -hmm. and there's a shrine to have seen at the bottom and there's coffins around the edges of the room. How many coffins? Four. Okay, so I'm going to look at Alora and go, well, uh, it may be a chance of the, this is their legacy. I think maybe we might find some answers. Let's go back down the we stairs and have another look. We may need to know who's look. buried. Yeah, I, it, think, yes, I'm, I uh, think this may be. Well, I'm going to uh, detect evil just in case. Okay, you detect evil. There is no evil. Well, that seems perfectly fine down there. So, we'll have a quick, quick little speck, should we say? Well, getting down and detecting evil on the stairs is actually quite good because it's probably been better on his hips. Right. Yep. So yeah, I'll follow these two because obviously the marching order. I was at the top, so I'm going to follow follow these two and. Right. Okay. And then. Can we see any identifying marks on any of the coffins? Yeah, I mean, you go look around the coffins, and there are various names, but it's all like priestess, priest. They're members of the clergy. Okay. What about the main shrine? The main shrine, you go up to the shrine. It is uh, a very well-cleaned shrine. It's kept clean. There's some incense burning on the shrine. There's symbols of Avacyn. Obviously, it's, it's a shrine to Avacyn. Well, it looks rather clean, so obviously people have been down here. I'm going to assume that this is what the room normally looks like. Yeah, yes, oh. yes, I would agree. I think, I think we need to ask some questions. I think we keep this under our hat, but we ask questions. Yes. yes. We'll find out who these people are. I agree. Do you mean another one of those uh, prestidigations? <laughs> okay, um, who's heading back up? I'm going to look around the shrine... Um, and I'm just going to say openly to anybody and nobody in particular, um, Elora's just going to say, thanks very much for the stuff. We will use it wisely. And she's going to turn around and walk back up the stairs. Okay. Ogvar will follow, saying nothing. Okay. Yes. Thank you. May uh, Everson's blessing be with you all. Thank you. Okay, so you will go back upstairs. I'm assuming you're going to go back Fidesta. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. you go back up the stairs, you walk past the fallen corpse of the unholy saint, you go uh, back up the next set of stairs to where all these coffins are, and when you get up there, you can see that she's tidied it all up, the splinters of wood which are all over the place, they're no longer there. Everything's been tied up, it's been swept, it's all been put back to as much order as it possibly can, and there's been some bits of wood just kind of nailed over this these holes in the coffin where various skeleton limbs kind of popped out and whatnot. And you can see that she's tidied it all up on the top level. Can we see Esther? Is she there? Uh, not at the moment. You can't see her. See Esther. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know it's bad. Sorry. Okay, we'll, we'll just move on. Um, so I'm just going to call out and say, uh, Esther, Esther, are you up here? Hello? You don't hear an answer. Oh, where's she gone? Well, she, she must be back in the church. Nowhere else to be. Right, well, I suppose you're right. Anyway, carry on walking then. So I'll just take the lead and carry on walking. Yeah, okay. Back up, come back out of the, uh, what are they, catacombs or something? Yeah, just um, back through the doors, yeah. When you get to the doors, you can see that where they've been kind of broken down earlier, they are, they're not fully fixed, but it looks like someone's been mending them. Right. Um, they've been, you know, just hammered back together with a bit of wood and as much wood as you possibly can. But when you get up to the top, you can see... In the entryway of the church, the doors have been flung wide open in the other end of the church. It's a decent day outside because you went down at about, was it 7 o'clock you started going into the catacombs? 
It was early, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? it, was, it was quite early. So you, it's, it's probably about midday now. You've been down there a lot longer than you thought. Um, but the doors are open. There's a pleasant breeze wafting in. You can smell the sea. You can smell the salt on the air. And as you come out into the main kind of... Uh, body of the church itself where you've got all these pews the pews are being righted and you can see who's been writing these pews and there is a very short stout gentleman dressed in a um, priest's outfit long flowing robes In you can see some heavy armour underneath him underneath these robes and he's just flipping the pews back up and rearranging them he hasn't got flame red hair, has he? No, he hasn't got flame red hair. Elora floundered with the illusion at hand, finding the whole experience fiercely frustrating. Hampered by the howling winds and lashing rain, she clumsily climbed to reach a kraken with a key. Meanwhile, Kewin's dueling debut with his dark doppelganger developed into a deadly dance and proved a punishing affair in an unsurprisingly close match. He finally finished off his foe, and collected the key. Hi there, I'm Yasmin and I'm the DM. I thoroughly hope you're all enjoying the campaign that we're creating together. Unfortunately, I don't get paid to babysit this lot, and there's always something more they want, whether that's new content, new books, or new minis. I may be able to write a money tree into the campaign, however I can't make one in real life. This is where you can jump in and be the valiant knight saving the princess from the dragon, or more accurately, the DM from her players. If you could spare just a few coins to help support what we do, it would be very much appreciated by all of us here at the Dungeons & Dragons Podcast UK. And your heroic deed shall be known throughout the land as we sing your praises at the top of our voices on our podcast. To demonstrate the depths of your generosity, please click on the link in the bio to this episode, which will take you to our Buy Me an Ale page, where you can easily donate to our cause. We would be more than grateful if you did this. Truly. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Having you as a listener means everything to us. So, whichever streaming service you choose to listen to us with, please give us a like, subscribe and follow. We would love for you to join us on our Facebook or Twitter page, where you can catch up with all of our latest news. While you're waiting for the next episode of Secrets of the Silver City, why not pop over to our website where you can read all of the information about this campaign from backstories to setting. All of the links are in the bio of this episode. Join us again next week for the next instalment. Thank you for listening.